born of water, or born again, sorry, born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Anybody here want to see the kingdom of God? Anybody? Matt Ryan, you want to see this kingdom of God? Like, really see it? We're not talking about play around stuff. We're saying, see it. I've heard so many people hear about, uh, people hear the truths, hear what Derek's saying. You say, I believe that. But, can we get rid of the but, please? Did Jesus do a good job on the cross or not? Wait, wait, did Jesus do a good job on the cross or not? Is the job done? When He did the job, did He not destroy the works of hell? So, is depression left undone? Is it is still that one left for, you know, well, he didn't do a good job. So he didn't quite cover that one. How about lack? How about financial lack? Anybody have a problem with financial lack? Um, any pains here in your body? Any aches? Any wounds? Any damaged parts of your body? Is there any evil left in the world? Well, it's time to get born again. Because I personally want to see the kingdom of God. These are the words of Jesus. I'm not telling you what someone else in the Bible said. This is Jesus. So if we have to keep going back to, I want, I will, bring me in. Sounds to me, we need to get born again. I'm talking about all of us, including myself. Okay? I don't want to be in that place of before the cross anymore. I want to be after the cross. Anybody here want to be seeing the kingdom of God? Is anybody here not seeing the kingdom of God? On a regular basis, everywhere you go, it's like hell just flees and you see kingdom. Anybody here want to see it? Let's get born again right now. It's not the old born again that we heard in the Crusades. This is different. We, at the result of this, we see the kingdom of God. Sickness. Is that the kingdom of God? Financial lack. Is that the kingdom of God? How come it's still among us? I'm not condemning you. I'm just saying, hey, good news. Let's get born again. We get an option here. I'm talking about the most manly, manly stuff out there. I'm looking at these young guys like Matt Ryan. I like Matt Ryan a lot. I like some of these young guys. The O'Connor boys. I like... Is it Connor or Connor? Connor? O'Connor, it is good. I like these men. And they're sick and tired of watching a feminine Christianity that's pre the cross. Am I right? I know it. I'm just willing to say it. And I'm holding the microphone. 
get in trouble later. But right now, I want to say, no more before the cross. Jesus did a great job for everybody in this room. Nothing was left. Nothing was left. Who's sick right now? Raise your hand. If you've got something wrong, raise your hand. And say, no more. I am after the cross. I am in Christ. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in me. That was something was done right there, guys. Who are you right now? You are born again. No more but. You don't know, JR, but. You don't know my finances, but. You don't know my economic status, but. You don't know what race I am, but. What nationality, but. No more buts. That's lack of faith. All right. Talked a long time. But let's just get a baptism right now. Let's just get washed over by God. And let's be done with this. Is anybody just ready to be done with this? Get on and start acting powerful in this place. Holy Spirit, we call upon you. And we say thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you have done. Not what you will do, but to what you have done right now. Right now. Holy Spirit, thank you. You are pouring over us with your Holy Spirit. The water of the Holy Spirit. This, okay, we're on a new track. Everybody just close your eyes and just look into the Spirit and say, we're walking, we're born again. Got a new bloodline. That means you have a different family line. Don't blame your other family, okay? New bloodline. This new bloodline has no economic difficulties ever. This new bloodline has no lack in the bank account. This new bloodline rejects cancer. This new bloodline is the most dominant entity legally, physically, in every possible way, in every single scenario. You name a scenario, you're most denominant. You're the most dominant. You walk into the most powerful political place, you're the most dominant. From now on, I'm so tired of being tired. I'm ready to be filled with the enthusiasm of God. We're going to move in. We're going to push out. So this is right now. Raise your hand. And just receive. Receive adoptions of sons. And daughters. You've been adopted by the most influential entity in the universe. And right now he's writing his last name across you. And saying this is my child. 
Let nothing stand in your way. So we need to take it in. And what have we learned the last 48 hours is you do by faith. We don't strive. We don't make anything happen. We simply receive. So receiving is by faith. Receiving is linked directly to believing. So I just want to encourage you, you know, receive. Just receive that new measure of the Spirit tonight. Okay? We're going to do that right now. So we just open our hearts. Let God do that right now by faith. By faith because we believe. We believe in our God. We believe in what he intends to do. We believe that he's speaking this evening and that he is filling us in Jesus' name. It doesn't have to take a long time. We don't have to work through it. It's the opposite of that. It's a rest we learnt today. A trust. I declare to you that you'll walk more confidently with the Lord from this moment on. You'll walk, you walk more accurately with Him and you will be able to push away condemnation, intimidation. Those things are not going to come and have dominion over our lives. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Okay, I think we'll return to our seats. Hallelujah. I want Pastor Ross to come back up, please. I don't know if you comprehend what just took place. And I don't want to um, just go over it because when the Holy Spirit speaks like that, it's important. And so I want him just to repeat what the Holy Spirit said to him. This is one of the things, and the Holy Ghost was talking yesterday. I hope in uh, gatherings like this, that as you're listening to the man of God or whoever's delivering the word, you're also listening to the word, on the word. I clearly heard the Holy Ghost say yesterday, because we're talking about the miraculous, yeah? Walking in this dimension. And everyone, yeah, yeah, we want that. But the Holy Ghost was saying very clearly, you want that? That's fine. The depth of your consecration will determine how far you go. Your elevation in the supernatural. The depth of your consecration, that's a life given to Christ. Totally, absolutely. The depth of that will determine the height of the elevation of your faith works. Not works, faith works. God works. It's simple to understand. Simple concept. It's clear. It's accurate. Doesn't mean it's easy. So before we go rah, 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 we want everything, what are we going to give? It is the seed that falls to the ground must die. He must increase, we must decrease. Our problem is we want him to increase, but we don't want to decrease. Not possible. 
we must decrease for him to increase. Thanks, Derek. Let's go to First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying. I believe that's a prophetic word of the Lord for us. The depth of consecration determines our elevation, determines our faith works. The fact is you can operate in power without God. The devil does, doesn't he? And this is what's happened in this land how many times? Is that true? Things have taken place. That's why you've got to take words like that seriously. It's too... It's like a paradox. It's two extremes. God's wanting you to believe who you are in Him. Are you, are you all there? But at the same time... He's entrusting us, and the fear of the Lord is in our hearts because we don't want to play with what is being given. It's like tools, power tools in our hands, weapons in our hands. And if we don't know how to use it well, then it's, it's going to, you know, cause problems. And so this is what the word consecration is all about. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 12, we request of you, brethren, that you appreciate those or honor those who diligently labor among you and have charge over you in the Lord and give you instruction. What did the word of the Lord say? If you build his house, he'll build your house. Did you hear? you got to think scripture. Think in line with that all the time. That's what's exploding in my heart when he was speaking. Verse 13, that you esteem them very highly in love because of their work. So it means you put aside your own agenda. You're never going to take the land by yourself. God raised up the church. God raised up men of God. Raised up pastors for us to, to work with, to work under. Is that true? Not to control us in a negative way. But hopefully, I see people with children around. Hopefully, you know how to control them. This is where people have problems because they think, oh no, there's no control. There's a godly control. Not a, not a religious control. You know, you have to call your pastor, what color car should I buy? We're not talking about that. Are you hearing that? You know, what tie should I wear? You know, we're not talking about that. See, again, out there, it's, it's a free-for-all. You go, you go I, wanted, I wanted the guys to testify, maybe we'll do it later. But we had some, you know, a team that went out on the street today. Things are happening. JR took some people out, and, you know, Wayne's out there, and Tim, and, you know, so this stuff is going to get activated more and more. That's why the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, remember your consecration. Amen? Are you in the house? Verse 14, we urge you, brethren, and admonish the unruly. That's what just happened, the undisciplined. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with all men. See that no one repays another with evil for evil, but always seek after that which is good for one another and for all men. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. All right, did you pray make me a sign? Talk to me. Did you pray make me a sign? Do you believe your prayer? 
then you shouldn't pray it again. That's your problem. You keep saying, Lord, send me. He said, okay, I send you. Lord, make me a sign. Isaiah said, children are for a sign. How did, how did Pastor Graham start off? The next generation. This generation lays down the life. Why? So the next generation can be a sign. So at some point, you have to actually believe what you're praying. I understand sometimes we sing songs and it's like you're keeping your heart tender before the Lord. But do you realize this? That in, Roman, in Romans chapter 12, Paul says, Don't no, let no man think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Is that what he said? Do you realize what you'd have to actually think for that to happen? He said you're the head and not the tail. He said you're a son of God. He said you're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. He said that Christ in Ephesians 1 did all this. He lavished us with his love. It's only when we think individually... And that's, that's the essence or the opposite of consecration. Are you hearing that? See, to the degree that you've renewed your mind is the degree that your life has changed. That is the only way, the only biblical way we change. It's not going to be because you get a prophecy. You can get a prophecy and not change. All the men of God can come up here. You get in the line. And they can all lay hands on you and impart and do all that. And it's going to be, you know, on empty heads because that's not how we change. That can stir things up. That can activate things in us. But at the end of the day, you renewing your mind to the truth and walking in that. That's what JR is trying to say about being born again. So I'm hearing all this. I'm connecting all this. The next generation, the consecration, the other side of the cross. We, we have to have this. Amen? Is that all right? So it says, don't quench the spirit. Well, it's in verse 17. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Examine everything carefully. Hold fast to that which is good. Abstain from every appearance of evil. Now may the God of peace himself consecrate you or sanctify you entirely. Say that. Sanctify me. Consecrate me entirely. Consecration doesn't mean you sit around and fast and pray all day and you lock yourself in the room and you you know, you're just going after this. No, it means that you surrender to God's purpose and you live for it. You're not going to fight against His purpose. Someone say hallelujah. So we can't, we can't think that we're going to do it apart from God. Amen? He's, he's, we're co-laboring with him. We're not going to do it apart from church. We're not going to, you know, God's not going to suddenly raise us up and leave all the pastors in the dust. No. So we're, we understand we're a family. We've got that generation. They're being examples to us. So we can all flow as, together as one, as an army. Amen? So may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit, soul, and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God wants your whole person to be preserved, your body to be preserved. First he says your spirit, your soul, your body, every part of you, God wants complete. He wants it consecrated to his purpose, and he wants to preserve it complete. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Do you believe that? 
All right, so are you clear in your mind? Are you consecrated? Did you believe, did you believe the transaction that took place here? All right, then let's, let's move on now. Amen? You made a commitment. We're going to keep your word to that commitment and trust God now. Amen? I believe sometimes when we pray like that, I mean all the time, but oftentimes we forget that after we pray, we should take five minutes and actually believe God. Believe what you prayed. Lord, make me a sign. So I'm not going to sing make me a sign anymore because I am a sign. You've got to make that shift. But not without what Pastor Ross said. That's the connection. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Holy Ghost, thank you, Lord. God's given us power tools. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just trying to find the trail here. It's not that I don't have stuff to say. I want to make sure it's in line with the Holy Ghost wants to be set. Is that all right? There's no use just talking, is there? Hallelujah. Okay. Let's go to Matthew again. We started talking about this today, and we're going to continue our training. There actually is a difference between training and teaching, isn't there? Training is the doing aspect. So really, this is teaching. But until you start doing it and practicing it, you're not training. We're good at training to sit for long periods of time and say amen and say, are you listening? Yes, I'm listening. Okay, that's the problem. Hallelujah. Meetings and more meetings abundantly. All right, but all this is going to lead somewhere. Matthew 21 and verse 28, but what do you think? Matthew 21, 28. What do you think? A man had two sons or two children. He came to the first and said, Child, go work today in the vineyard. He answered and said, I will, sir. He did not go. He came to the second and said the same thing. But that child answered and said, I will not go. And yet afterwards he regretted it. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said the latter. Truly I say to you that the tax gatherers and the harlots will get into the kingdom of God before you. I don't want God to say that to me. Hallelujah. Do you? That's good. You're normal. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax gatherers and the harlots did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterwards so as to believe him. So we've been talking about the first, the first truth in this parable, or the story, is that, number one, you're a child until you go to work. Talking about a spiritual child. It does not matter how long we've been in church. That's not what determines our maturity. Are you hearing that? It's not how much you know. It's not how faithful you are in the house only. We need faithful people in the house. But 2 Timothy 2 says that faithfulness is when you teach others also. 
Is that right? Is that what the book says? So what we need is we need to be able to trust faithful men that will teach others also. Instead of trying to build their own kingdom and do their own thing. And that's why warnings from the Spirit of God come like they came. Hey, consecrate me. Hey, devote yourself to building the house. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Don't, this is what the Holy Ghost is saying. Why? Because as these things are activated in your life, stuff's going to start to happen. Amen? So I don't want to be top-heavy on it because I believe you transacted with God. Did you transact with God? Hallelujah. All right, then we're in. Do you believe you did? That's good. Hallelujah. So you're a child till you go to work. That's found in 1 Corinthians 3. It talks about unspiritual. It talks about carnal. It talks about babes in Christ. And milk. And milk is basically hearing the word only and not doing the word. But when we do the word, it becomes meat. My meat is to do the will. So we talked about this afternoon, what does it mean to go to work? The first aspect of the work is to destroy the works of the devil. Are you hearing that? As soon as you're born again, you have authority over sickness and disease. Did you hear that? As soon as you're recreated, you, you, have, you have power through Christ to deal with those things. John G. Lake, before he, he was getting people healed before he was even baptized with the Spirit. Why? Because we're sons of God. Do you believe that? So your job is to go around and whatever doesn't look like heaven, we're to fix that. The second aspect of work is to trust the nature of the one who sent us. Trust in God's nature. Trust in His goodness. We've talked about that today. Then the third aspect of the work is to trust in the potency of the seed that we carry. They said, what must we do to work the works of God? Belief. Amen? The fourth aspect of work is to form Christ in the believers in the church. To form Christ. That's the apostolic work. Amen? That's what the men of God were doing tonight as they begin to speak. They formed Christ in us. In Jeremiah 18, God was a potter. And he's packing, he's, he makes a vessel, and he keeps adding to and adding to, and then he shapes it with his hand. But in the New Testament, he's a different kind of artist. In the New Testament, he says, I form Christ in you. That's in Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. Paul says, my little children, or my children, with whom I'm again in labor until... Christ be formed in you. Say, Christ be formed in me. Okay, but you can't do that yourself. Someone has to do that for you. That's why we need leaders. Amen? Hallelujah. So the, so the, the apostle begins to form Christ in the believers, and the word form is to take a hammer and chisel and act as a sculptor and to carve out and take away everything that does not look like Christ. So in the New Testament, he's not adding to you as much as he's taking away. What's he taking away? He's killing the flesh. That's what consecration is all about. He's taking away doctrines of devils. Someone say hallelujah. He's taking away traditions of men. Amen? So he's trying to get you to see the work that has already been done, and so you start to walk in and live up to what he said you already are. I know I'm going fast for some of you that haven't been here, but I trust the Spirit of God will just help you catch up. Is that okay? Because a lot of this is repeat, but I'm trying to get everyone together. Is that all right? Hallelujah. And there's different aspects of work, but we're going to move on for now. Let's write down number two. Number one is you're a child till you go to work. 
We're talking about spiritual children versus mature sons of God. So if we're going to be mature, we have to have Christ formed in us. Amen? So that's where consecration comes. Let's write down number two. Children are tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. That's why apostolic doctrine is important. Amen? That's one of the things they devoted themselves to in the book of Acts was the apostles' teaching. The centrality of apostolic doctrine is Christ in you and you in Christ. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4. Just a quick review. Actually, chapter 3, verse 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Past tense. So are there generational curses? No. Talk to me. There's generational sin, not generational curse. You can't, nothing in your past can hold you. It doesn't matter if your grandma was flying on a broom. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what, you know, what devils were in your family line. Are you hearing that? You're set free from that. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He redeemed you from being under the entire law. Can you say amen to that? Having become a curse for us, for it's written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Why did he do all this? In order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. Not the blessings, but the blessing. Say the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So we've received the Spirit. Is that true? But now we're learning to let Him have His way in us. We're learning to let Him operate through us. But He's in us. Do you believe that? Verse 16. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say into seeds as referring to many, but rather to one and to your seed, that is Christ. So the promises were made to Abraham and his seed, who is Christ. Do you see that in the word there? Skip to verse 29. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. Do you see it there? I know I'm going fast, but we got we got some ground to cover here. Is that okay? If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he is Lord of all. That's in the King James, Lord of all. Who's Lord of all? Ah, good hesitation. Jesus is Lord of all, but you're also Lord of all, because you're part of him. Are oh, you learning me, huh? Hallelujah. But as long as you're a child, you differ nothing from a slave. Is that true? Verse 2, he's under guardians and managers until the date set by the Father. So what is the date set by the Father? It's just like, you know, if, if I have a daughter, she's only 16 months old, but when she's 16 years old, she can get her driver's license. But before I let her drive my car, I'm going to have to trust her. Is that true? I'm not just going to hand her the keys and say, go ahead, Sophia, and drive. I'm going to be like, Right? So God has to trust us. 
And so the date set by the Father is when we grow up, as, 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 we, as we are determining our own promotion by being faithful, by doing what the Lord's called us to do. In verse 3, so we also were children. We were held in bondage under the elemental things of this world. That's number three. Children are subject to the elemental things of this world. So that is to say, if you're suffering the same things the world is suffering, now we all can get hit. Is that true? We all go through battles, but we're not supposed to stay there. Amen? God expects us to overcome. He expects us to to walk in the freedom wherewith he's made us free. Is everybody in the house? So we can't say we have God and we've got the Holy Ghost and we're powerful and then we go through the same stuff everyone else goes through. At what point are we going to get the victory? At what point are we going to get the breakthrough that we're praying about? It can't always be in the future. One day, one day, one day. No, it's now. Faith is now. Are you hearing that? Hallelujah. So we're not supposed to be subject to those elemental things. Number four, children are no different than slaves. Are you with me? All right, so these are concepts that we have to get very strongly into our hearts. Now, back to the parable. I'm not, I don't have time to open up all that because I want to... There's a prophetic word the Lord gave me, and I, I understand why now. I, I thought I was going to release it last night, and it's going to be tonight, but God had to lay all this groundwork so that it will be accurate and in context. Amen? So, so far, remember the parable. Jesus said, the man told he had, he had two sons, but they were immature sons. They were children. He said, go work in the vineyard. One guy said, I'm going to go. He didn't go. Guys, are you hearing? Did you just hear that these older guys said they laid down their lives for you? So is it really intelligent to talk while I'm talking? Come on. Are you hearing? Come on, stay with me. Stay with me. Are you with me, guys? Hallelujah. That's what he's talking about. Consecration. Come on. Praise the Lord. Someone say hallelujah. Amen. I'm not mad at you. I want you to get it. Come on, don't shut me down. Don't shut me down. Are you, you came here to meet God, didn't you? All right, so let's hear what the Lord is saying tonight. Hallelujah. We're on number... Okay, children are no different than slaves. I said that. Now, number five, saying that you will obey is not obedience. He said, I'll go work today in the vineyard, but he didn't go. So just saying you're going to do it isn't doing it, is it? You actually have to do it. I know that sounds simple, but... It's in the Word, and Jesus obviously felt like there was a reason to describe that to us. Saying you will obey is not obedience. See, God judges the intentions of our heart. Amen? But not your good intentions. Right? 
I meant to do it. I was going to do it. No, we have to actually do it. We're going to have to actually go after this stuff. Are you hearing that? God's trying to emphasize how one of the ways the church can grow and one of the responsibilities that we have. See, mature sons take responsibility for their fellow man. Amen? We take responsibility. So saying that you're going to obey is not obedience. The next one, obedience has nothing to do with feelings. The second, said, the second son said he would not go. Right? He had no desire. We don't know why he said no. Maybe he was afraid. Maybe, maybe he just was tired. I don't know. But the point is, even though he said he wasn't going to go, he made the choice to do it anyway. Oh, you got to catch that. That's, that's why God can help you. God can, God can, you know, if you just put your trust in Him and step out. That's why I remember what I keep telling you, Lake said. He said, I, it's a law of the human mind. I can act myself into believing instead of believe myself into acting. That means when you make a decision to step out and to do the Word, your faith will kick in quicker than if you just are waiting for something to well up on the inside of your heart and then hopefully you'll act. Amen? Hallelujah. So there's no replacement to the power of a holy life or a soft heart. Amen? That's why we've got to keep our hearts soft before God, keep our hearts submitted before Him, because as we begin to operate in this stuff more and more, things are going to break out. That's why you guys are hearing this stuff now, because God's going to send revival. He's going to, he's going to hit the city. There's, we always don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but you know what? He's preparing us because He needs a generation he needs generations that are going to work together, amen, so that this thing is not going to die. I mean, I come from a country, you know, where the, the last so-called outpouring happened. I preached in that church after it happened. There was an outpouring a couple, few years ago. Over 300,000 people came through the town because of what God was doing. The evangelist actually had no clue what was going on. He'd come out and lay on the stage, miracles are happening, he doesn't even know about it. Literally, can you imagine? I preached in this church. Dr. Jonathan was supposed to be there, he couldn't go, so I went. I'm glad I went, not him. Because then he really would have wanted to kill America. I said, oh Lord, please don't let him come here. Thank you, God. Thank you for letting me suffer. Hallelujah. It, it was the strangest thing because you walk, you walk into the place and it was like there was a vacuum that just sucked out God's presence. There was nothing there. Miracles happened. 300,000 people came through. And you know what? Only literally 1% of the attendance was the people in the town. 1%. Most of it was International. What does that tell you? People believe in what they see on a screen. That's why, how about we stop waiting for it to happen somewhere else and build it here? That's what he's saying to us. Amen? So, so just, just a very small portion of the community was actually touched. 
Most people didn't even know what happened. They say Toronto was very similar. There's all, so all the while, God's trying to build this thing, build this thing. Amen? And so I was there, but in the city, it was like, it was so ripe for God to come down. It was strange. Then I got into the church, I preached, and these people, they just wanted to watch another monkey dance around. They wanted a performance. I was the flavor of the month. They just wanted, you know, impress us. So I started hitting them with the word. Are you hearing that? So you know what? God is getting you guys ready for something. Do you believe that? But the key is knowing you're doing so- he's doing something now. It's going to increase. You need to be faithful to the word to do it now. And it's going to increase. Amen? Praise the Lord. So obedience has nothing to do with feelings. Amen? Next one, you must be responsible to cut off everything that would harden your heart from obeying. You cut off everything in your heart that would harden you from obeying. If your heart's hard, then your action will be hindered. Luke 21, verse 34 says, Be on guard that your hearts may not be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life and that they come upon you suddenly like a trap. That was Luke 21, 34. The the literal language there is drunken nausea. Can you imagine that the cares of this world, the distractions of this life can harden our hearts. So all the while, God's wanting to move through us. Are you hearing that? That's why with a word, he cast out devils. With a word, he healed the sick. We've got to shake this stuff off us. Shake this depression. Shake whatever devils there are. We're not going to magnify any devils. Are you hearing that? God's given you absolute victory. I said, God has given you absolute victory. He's not going to give you victory. He has given you the victory. You have to walk in your authority as a believer. You have to walk in that authority, speak to the mountain, begin to rise up and don't take anything from the enemy at all. Amen? Hallelujah. But as long as he can get you into an Old Testament mindset and keep making you feel like one day things are going to be happy and one day it will never come. You hearing that? It will never come because you're not, you're not walking in it now. Amen? Faithful. Faith-filled. Powerful. Amen? That's what the Lord has for us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Next one, obedience is what fulfills the desire of the Father. Obedience. Obedience. It's not religious acts. It's not works. It's obedience. So even when the son said he wasn't going to obey, he turned around, he began to obey. It pleased God. Isn't that amazing that you and I can do that? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Luke 13. This is going to be important. And then I'm going to release a prophetic word. 
and we'll just see what happens. We'll pray. The other my brothers and sisters and come minister as well. We'll, see, we'll just see what the Holy Ghost does. Amen. Luke chapter 13. Verse 1. Now, on the same occasion. Are you, are you in Luke 13? Are you guys still awake? Alright. Now, on the same occasion, there was some present who reported to him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. This is the news of the day. You know, when they opened up their iPad and Yahoo News came on, this is what was on the screen. Alright? This is literally what happened. This is the, their news, their current news of the day. So now Jesus is determining, he's interpreting what's going on in the news. Are you with me? So it looks like some people had died. Look in verse 2. He answered and said to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the tower of Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. But, but unless you repent, you will also likewise perish. So what is he saying? He's saying that this, that this tower fell up, fall upon these 18 people because God was judging them? See, this is the next point. Mature sons interpret the news of the day accurately. Mature sons interpret the news of the day accurately. If you think God's ready to judge your nation, it's going to be hard to help anybody. It's hard to set people free if you hate them. Oh, you dirty sinners, that's why you're sick. How are you going to set someone free if you're like that? Oh, you know, Jesus is coming back at any moment. We're going to be out of here, you know? I mean, unpack your rapture bags, please. You're not going anywhere says the Lord. He said, how do I know? Because in Acts 3, verse 11, it says, whom the heavens must retain until the time of restoration of all things. So he cannot come back now. The church has to be restored. Things must take place. God has a plan for Israel. Romans says that uh, first a remnant will be saved. And then all Israel will be saved. So he can't just come back at any moment like, just whisk you away. Because this earth needs to see the church rise. Zion has to be on this earth. The full church, the body of Christ. Creation is groaning for the revealing of the sons of God. Mature sons that will walk in power, that will walk in covenant, that will walk in victory. That won't compete with one another. That are one man as one man in the earth. And they'll see Christ, whom the heavens must retain until the time of restoration of all things through the mouth of the prophets which were spoken. You check it out. Hallelujah. Pro prophetic scriptures yet to, be yet to be fulfilled. There's a book by Dr. Uh, Bishop Bill Hammond. Dr. Jonathan speaks highly of him. Amen. So, so we're, in, we're in the last days, but there are things that have to take place. That's why God wants to use us to affect this world. 
Amen. So you have to interpret the news of the day accurately. That was the prophet Habakkuk's problem. He said, Lord, why do you make me see violence? Why, why are all the, well, how come I'm seeing all these devils? How come I'm seeing all these, all these wrong things take place in the world? And this, the prophet began to become depressed. That's in Habakkuk chapter 1. He said, Lord, I cry violence. Why do you make me see all this stuff? And then what did God say? He said, stop seeing all that and start seeing what I'm doing. He doesn't want us to be prophets of doom. The gospel is good news. Are you hearing that? But sometimes we're not, we're not even sure what we believe. Are you hearing that? And then God told the prophet, he, sa- he said, I'm doing a work in your days that if I told you, you wouldn't even believe it. What a depressing thing as a prophet to hear from God. You have this relationship with God and He talks to you. And then God says to you, if I told you what I'm doing, you wouldn't believe it. I mean, what a, what a correction. And then what did he say to him? I'm preaching to you out of, out of, the, out of the prophet Habakkuk. You can look it up. Then he, he says to Habakkuk, he says, look, I'm raising up a people. Say that with me. God's raising up a people. That would be you. That would be me. That would be us. Amen. He's raising us up. It means that we're the answer to our own prayers. It means that, we are, that, that we're part of this equation. Praise the Lord. Amen. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Start seeing with the eyes of a champion. I'm starting to challenge you tonight prophetically. The Lord is saying this word to you. You need to start seeing with the eyes of a champion. Start seeing with the eyes of faith. You've consecrated yourself. You said yes to me. You've given your life to me. Now start believing that now is the hour. Now is the time that God wants to use you. Begin to rise up in your heart. Begin, begin to do this and begin to realize that God is for you. He's not against you. Amen? He said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's you. You say, no, it can't be me because this thing's not right in my life. See, that's your problem. He's not pleased with everything you do. He's not pleased with everything you believe. But, but you know, do you look at your baby and say, I'm not, I'm not pleased with the baby? You want to train the baby? You want to help your child? You want to raise your child? But in your heart, all your thoughts are for good. Are you hearing that? So the enemy continually roams around like a roaring lion trying to make you feel like God, God is against you. You're never good enough. You're never holy enough. You're never consecrated enough. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, look, make the choice. Realize what God is giving you. Realize what he's entrusting you with. Realize the offer that he's extending to you. Come in through this pathway. Come in through this door. Embrace that truth because God has something so awesome. It's far beyond all we could ask, all we could think. Oh, hallelujah. Go to Exodus chapter 24. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into the prophetic dimension and just begin to declare what the Spirit of God is saying. It'll be a prophetic preaching, but we're just going to speak it in the atmosphere. I want to be obedient to what the Spirit of God has said to do. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word of the Lord for you? I said, are you ready for the word of the Lord? Hallelujah. Look at Exodus 24. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Hallelujah. God is on the move. I said God is on the move. Verse 7. Then he took the book of the covenant and read in the hearing of the people. 
And they said, all that the Lord has said we will do. And we will be obedient. Isn't that what you just did not too long ago? All right, so this is what's going to happen. And Moses, that means all the leaders, took the remaining, the remaining half of the blood and sprinkled it on the people. We're going to go to Hebrews, and I'll show you the significance of this in the New Testament. He took the blood and he sprinkled it. And said, Behold, the blood of the covenant which the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. In accordance with all these words. The blood of Jesus has bought certain things for us. Amen? Then Moses, Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and the seventy of the elders of Israel went up to the mountainside. You see there's order there, isn't there? Verse 10, And they saw the God of Israel. This is the word of the Lord for you. The word saw there in the Amplified says, that is, they saw a convincing manifestation of His presence. Say that with me. Convincing manifestation of His presence. God is saying, you've labored in the Word. This is especially for my brothers. You've labored in the Word. You have been diligent to not seek after signs. You've been diligent to not go after the things that the charismatic move has gone, gone for. And you've labored foundation. And you've stayed in order. And God is saying, get ready. Because there's going to be convincing manifestations of the presence of God. It's going to hit your church. It's going to hit your life. This is your destiny. This is what God has for you, says the Spirit of God. It says, under his feet it was like pavement a bright sapphire stone like the very heavens in clearness hallelujah you're not going to be behind any, you're not going to be lacking anything god's going to show up i won't be surprised if teeth get filled i won't be surprised if healings just happen or jewel you know what because these signs follow us that's why god's waiting for a people that are not going to look for those things they're not going to seek those things but we should be open to them don't shut those things down. God wants to manifest. God wants to show himself. Don't become natural because the kingdom of God is not just in word only. It's in power. That's why God wants to raise up a supernatural church. He wants to raise up a powerful church. That's why lift your faith to the next level. Begin to expect God to show up. Expect him to appear in the temple. You know, angelic presence can break out. Or God can manifest in all kinds of ways. Stop making it in the future. Start saying, Lord, I know you're in me. I know something's happening. I know you're speaking to my pastor. I know you're building the house i know something's going on hallelujah glory to god and this expectancy this faith is going to draw god in a different way he's going to come out of the visible realm and step into the visible realm hallelujah you say but do we need that yes we need that because at some point when you speak the word he said speak the word and my servant will be healed he didn't say speak the word and nothing will happen there's got to be a harvest time. Don't you think there's going to be a harvest time? If all these things have been sown in your life, you've been diligent, you've been faithful, you've been hearing this word, even this training over the last few days, and the years of all this other stuff you've received, there's got to be a harvest that comes. That's why I want to encourage you tonight, believe God for a harvest. He said, don't say there are four months on the harvest. Begin to realize, now is the time. God's going to fast forward your future to you. 
Don't push it in the future. Don't say, Lord, I'm going to just take this word and I'm going to listen to the word and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get out there when I'm ready and, and maybe someone will get healed. No, start saying, Lord, I believe. I'm making a decision. I'm going to go out with people that are stronger than me. See, that's, that's the technology. That's why we've got to consecrate ourselves because iron sharpens iron. So go, you know, go out with JR. Each person has a grace. That's why we got to draw from the grace. That's why I had Pastor Ross speak. Man, he picked up something. I want to draw from that grace. I want to draw from Pastor Brian. I want to draw from Pastor Graham. I want to draw from J.R. We need one another in this thing. Oh, hallelujah. Because when you do that, you know what's going to happen? They all saw visible manifestations of God's presence. They didn't stay there, but he showed up. And when people, that's what's going to make people come in more and more. Hallelujah. Are you hearing that? Do you believe that? Man, I'm telling you, God is saying this word. If I'm sure of anything, I'm sure of this word. Hallelujah. And they saw the God of Israel. That is a convincing manifestation of His presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say this with me. Visit us. Come on, visit us. The key to understanding that is He's inhabiting you. See, when it manifests on the outside, it's because it was already on the inside. That's the shift you've got to make. If you keep thinking it's coming from above and not from within. Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord were being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to to strength. That's why you've got to start believing God lives in those clothes. God lives in that body. God lives in that man. God lives in that woman. God's on the inside. Come on, say God's on the inside. When are you going to believe that? When are you going to act like that? When are you going to walk in that? Somebody say now. Someone say now. Oh, hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 9. Let me give you the context there and then we're just going to pray I don't, th- we don't, I don't feel like we have to be long maybe someone else has a burden but I'll be done anyway hallelujah you feel that in the spirit there's going to be a harvest hallelujah God says he hasn't forgotten about you you hear me God has not forgotten about you Zion has said, I labored in vain. I spent my strength for nothing, for vanity. That's how sometimes our leaders have felt. That's why you've got to have compassion. You've got to be kind to your leaders. Kind to one another. I want to tell everybody that's hearing this, this sound of this message, God has not forgotten you. God is for you. Yet surely the justice due to me is with the Lord. God's going to vindicate you. Oh, I said God's going to vindicate you. He's going to vindicate His work. He's going to revive the work in the midst of the years. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hebrews, and in chapter 9. Remember what Moses did? He sprinkled the blood. Then they all went in order. And then they all saw convincing proofs, convincing manifestation of his presence are you hearing that that's what happened when christ was born 
there was a star. The people began to follow that star. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying to you? This is going to happen. Are you hearing that? That's why just rise up, receive that, believe that. Amen? Hallelujah. But it's not going to be because we all huddle together and wait for it. It's going to be because as we go, as we're obedient. Amen? Hebrews and in chapter 9. We don't have time to open it all here, so we'll just start. He's talking about the temple. He's talking about the tabernacle, the Old Testament tabernacle. He tells us that all of this was a, was a replica of what's in heaven. Are you hearing that? Verse 6, when these things have been thus prepared, the priests are continually entering the outer tabernacle, performing the divine worship. But into the second, that is the second place, the, the high priest enters once a year, not without taking blood, which he offers for himself for the sins of the people that they committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit is signifying this. This is what I want to bring to your attention in verse 8. The Holy Spirit is signifying this, that the way into the holy place at that time not, was not yet disclosed. While the outer tabernacle, that means the earthly tabernacle, is still standing. As long as that old tabernacle, the Old Testament tabernacle was standing, the Holy Spirit did not reveal what was the way into the heavenly tabernacle. Are you hearing that? The earthly tabernacle in verse 9 was a symbol for the present time. Accordingly, both gifts and sacrifices were offered which cannot make the worshiper perfect in conscience. So you followed the law, you could not be made perfect in conscience. The only thing the law could do was restrain sin nature. It couldn't remove sin nature from you. Are you hearing that? In verse 10, since they relate only to food and drink, meaning all the laws, it only relates to food and drink, meaning natural things, regulations for the body, imposed until, say until, a time of restoration or reformation verse 11 but when christ appeared as high priest of the good things to come do you believe there are good things to come i just read you a scripture in exodus and the bible says you have a better covenant than moses better promises than moses do you believe that oh i hope you i hope your faith is rising on the inside of your heart that you believe that there's a river on the inside of you the spirit of god is on the inside of you and he's going to manifest through you he's going to touch people's lives are you hearing that some of you look so dead i don't know what else to do but that's all right because the person next to you will get it anyway someone say hallelujah But when Christ appeared, in verse 11, as high priest of good things to come, he entered to the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this creation. That is to say, the heavenly tabernacle. Amen? Not through the blood of goats and calves, but through his own blood. His own blood. He entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling those who have been defiled sanctify for the cleansing of the flesh. How much more will the blood of Christ through the eternal spirit offered himself 
without blemish to God. Cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. I feel like in my spirit something's going to happen. The revelation of the priesthood of Jesus is going to hit you crazy this year. It's just, it's like veils are going to come off your eyes. You're going to realize, you're going to see the cross in a different way. You're going to see Calvary in a different way. It's like, Lord, how did I not see that before? It's so clear. This is, it's so clear. It's so clear what you've done. It's so clear what you bought for me i'm telling you it's going to hit you crazy hallelujah and that's why the conscience from dead works is going to be dealt with verse 15 for this reason he is the mediator of a new covenant in order that 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 since a death has taken place for the redemption of the transgressions that were committed under the first covenant he goes on but this is what i want you to see it's talking about the blood you remember what pastor ross was saying at the beginning the consecration I want to say this word to you. Jesus shed his blood so you could shed your life. Blood is life. What did Jesus say? I am the way and the truth and the... He said, I'm the blood. Life is in the blood. Jesus shed his blood, that perfect sacrifice, so we could shed our life, not... Not shed our blood physically, but shed the old man. Shed our own lifestyle. Shed our own agenda. And take on the life that he bought for us. Take on the life that he purchased for us. That's why we have to understand we're new creations. New creations don't live for themselves. New creations are consecrated to the purpose of God. And that's why you're going to see convincing proofs of his presence. Convincing manifestations. Because he's not going to share his glory with another But you're not another. God's not going to share His glory with another. Is that what the Bible says? But you're not another. You're part of Him. So He's going to share His glory with you. Come on. I said He's going to share His glory with you. I don't mean He's going to take, you know, you're going to take honor away from Him. I'm saying that the glory of God has to do with the presence of God. The glory of God has to do with all the wonderful things we read about in the Scripture. He's going to share that with us because you're part of Him. You're part of that body. What did He say? I'm going to send you another helper, another comforter. Another means one after the same kind. Hallelujah. So you're not a different kind. You're the same kind. Bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. This is what God has for us. Can you say hallelujah to that? Now, now here's the key. Look at verse 20. Prophetically, this is what God is saying. This is the blood of the covenant which God commanded you. And in the same way, He sprinkled both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry with the blood. He sprinkled all the vessels of the ministry. Are you a vessel of God? Are you a conduit of God? Are you a child of God? That mean, We sing the song about make me a vessel of honor. Okay, you're a vessel. And what he did is he sprinkled all the vessels with blood. That's why the revelation of what the blood of Jesus has done and is. See, the blood is speaking for us and not against us. 
This is one of the things. That's what the priesthood of the Lord Jesus Christ is all about. He ever lives to make intercessions. His blood is speaking for you. His, see, blood is not just red. It's life. The life, the indestructible life that He lived is speaking for you. That life, the eternal life that was with the Father from the beginning, that's the same life that's in you. That's why the church in Australia and here that's represented, you're going to start to have more of an understanding of the life, the eternal life that's on the inside of you, the indestructible life that's on the inside of you hallelujah that's why things will be easier because it's just life you're not going to say well that's life meaning that's why things happen no it's an indestructible life life swallows up death amen he's a life-giving spirit on the inside of you verse 22 according to the law one may almost say all things are cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness. Jesus shed his blood so you could shed your life. Don't resurrect that old man. Stop asking God to do something he already did. Believe the word of God. Believe your prayers. If you say, Father, I come to you, cleanse me, then believe he's cleansed you. Start walking in it. You say, Lord, send your spirit, then believe you receive the spirit, start walking in it. You see how the enemy traps us because we keep thinking it's not done. I'm going to close with this scripture and we'll pray. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Hallelujah. This is God's plan for you. And just think, we prophesy in part. We know in part. So God has a lot more to, a lot more for you. He has a lot more to say to you. Isn't that wonderful? All his thoughts towards you are for good, not for evil. To give you a future, to give you a hope, to give you an expected end. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who's blessed us. Who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Blessed is past tense. He has already blessed you. Blessed means to empower. Blessed means to speak well of. When he said, pray for those that curse you. Bless those who talk bad about you. What did he say? Speak good about them. Don't say bad things about them. This scripture is telling us that God has blessed you. He has spoken in eternity, outside of time, an eternal word. More, more than the, thought, the sands on the seashore, He has said every good thing just about one of you that He could ever say. So when you get a prophetic word, you're getting part of that word in time. It's just a portion of what He said. But He's already said it. Even though He's saying it now in time, He's already said it. He's already blessed you with every spiritual blessing. Is healing a spiritual blessing? Yes, it's, you're already blessed with that. Has He spoken well of you? Yes, you're already blessed with that. Are all the gifts of the Spirit ours? Yes, He's already blessed us with that. You've got to believe this. Blessed be God, our Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, with every anointing, with every grace, with everything we could possibly need. He has already blessed us. Where is it at? In the heavenly places. But read the rest. 
Where are the heavenly places? In Christ. Where's Christ? In you. He's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So the heavens are open. I said the heavens are open. Stop saying the heavens are shut. The heavens are open. You have open heavens. Maybe, maybe there's some environment, you know, that, that needs to be changed. But as far as you and I are concerned, as far as sons of God are concerned, we are in. We're seated with Him in the heavenly places, far above all rule, all power, all authority. Let's stand to our feet. I just want to just pray because I believe the Spirit of God is saying this word to us. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to begin to just manifest your presence as never before. Lord, that the days of victory are, are, are upon us. The days of defeat are over. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. This, this, this power, this, this force that has been trying to drag our feet and pull us down is defeated in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you that the days of victory. Father, give us eyes to see. Give us the eyes of a champion. In the name of Jesus, let the priesthood, the revelation of the blood, the revelation of God's righteousness upon us, the revelation of who we are in Christ, let it saturate the church. Lord, the enemy has robbed us. He's robbed us of seeing who we are in you. But now, Father, you open our eyes and you open our hearts and we consecrate ourselves to you. Father, we dedicate ourselves to you for this cause, for this purpose. And because of that reason, we thank you, Father, that this is what we receive from you. Hallelujah truth upon truth grace upon grace in the name of Jesus let's just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost we thank you that our city will never be the same say it will never be the same Melbourne will never be the same Australia will never be the same the true church will rise up in this land in the name of Jesus receive strength on the inside of your spirit man right now strength from on high be strengthened with might in the name of Jesus hallelujah let courage saturate your heart right now let boldness rise up on the inside of you right now. Hallelujah. We shake aside. We, we lay aside every weight, every sin that would easily beset us. And we fix our eyes on Jesus. We fix our eyes on the finished word. We fix our eyes on the, on the Lord Jesus Christ that is seated in the heavenly places. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give you glory. Oh, we give you praise. We magnify you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Satan, you will not enter this land anymore. We come against you. We break your power over the city. We break your power, every religious devil. We break your stronghold now. In the name of Jesus, every Jezebel spirit of witchcraft, every dark spirit, we bind you in the name of Jesus, and we cast you out. This is the day of God's favor. I proclaim to you the acceptable year of the Lord. I proclaim to you the favor of our God, the favor of of our God be upon you right now. Father, thank you for the dew of heaven. Thank you for the blessing of the firstborn. We are the blessing of the firstborn. We are the church of the firstborn. Oh, we give you glory and praise. Hallelujah. Go ahead and just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. Just begin to thank Him right now. Oh, hallelujah. Something's breaking in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, a new freedom, a new boldness, no more boundaries, no more limitations in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. No more but. No more I can't. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Christ that strengthens you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Oh, thank you, Lord, right now. Thank you right now. Say, Oh, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. For I shall cause my doctrine to drop as the rain, says the Spirit of the living God. And I shall open up a fountain, as it were, in this land, saith the Spirit of the Lord. And this fountain shall begin to push out false prophets, and it shall begin to push out the unclean spirits, says the Lord. Therefore do not concern yourself with the Spirit climate and do not concern yourself with what devils are there for behold a fountain that will flow from your mouth and out of your innermost being and through my church for yes my river flows from the throne of God in the heavens into my church into the house of God through my people and into the streets says the Lord therefore as you stay in order as you stay in your ranks and in your files behold there shall increase a capacity on the inside of your heart and you'll say lord i never knew that you were so great in me i never i never knew i heard that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world but now i see it now i feel it now i experience it now i know this word has been made flesh on the inside of my heart therefore the lord would say fear not but be encouraged in this hour for i'll open up my fountain i'll cause my doctrine to drop as a rain i'll cause you to go forward in strength says the spirit of the lord and there's shall be no more no-go zones there shall be no more uh, places that are out of reach says the lord for yes i'm gonna give you a fresh inspiration of the holy ghost and a fresh faith for yes i'm strengthening your faith yes i'm even waking up dreams that have been given to you long ago and even tonight i should remind you of things i've spoken to you in times gone past you said lord you gave me this word lord you gave me this promise lord you gave me that dream and that prophecy why has it not come to pass? But surely, says the Lord, I hasten my word to perform it. And surely I watch over my word to perform it. And surely my word shall not return void. For is not my word like a hammer, says the Spirit of God. And is not my word like a fire, says the Spirit of God. For you are the generation, says the Spirit of the Lord, that I have chosen, says God, to rise up and receive the revival of the word and the revival of the Spirit. And yes, where the enemy has robbed you he will repay seven times yes you will be vindicated yes i'll encourage you and you'll yet say in the hearing of your friends and those around you who has begotten these for me where did these sons come from where did these children come from behold i was lone behold i was desolate behold i was barren but the lord said begin to shout for joy begin to rejoice because the sons of the desolate one the sons of the barren one will be more numerous than the sons of the wedded wife says the spirit of god now is your hour now is your time now is a time to rise says the spirit of the lord oh hallelujah oh hallelujah hallelujah